You are listening to the Ditch the Budget podcast, and I'm your host, Heidi Ramore. I'm a wife, a mom of two young boys, and I've spent the last 17 years in financial services as a licensed financial planner, insurance specialist, and debt crusher. My goal is to show you that there's more to life than counting calories and paying bills, and that you truly can get out of debt and build wealth without the restrictive budgets and complicated spreadsheets. So if you're ready to reduce your financial stress and truly live the life of your dreams, then tune in and let's do this. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ditch the Budget podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Ramore, and I really want to talk to you today about money beliefs and how it's really affecting your ability to attract money, to keep money, to even spend money, honestly. I know some of you don't have any issues with spending money, but some some people do. Some people feel a lot of shame, a lot of guilt around it. And I really want to talk a little bit about money beliefs and have you a little bit reflect on your core beliefs around money, right? Because I really truly believe that our beliefs, they do affect our thoughts. Our thoughts are stirring up some sort of emotion an emotional response from us. So if we're feeling sad or happy, it doesn't really matter what that emotion is. It's creating an emotion when we think about things. And what's really driving our behavior is our emotional state. So if we can get really, really good at controlling our emotions, especially when it comes to money, we can get really, really good at this. That is a harder practice. So what I want to talk to you is let's get to the core of it. Let's get right to the root of some of your money beliefs and what you believe to be true about money. Do you think money is easy? Does money come easy to you? Does money feel hard? Do you feel supported by money and that money will just always be there for you? Especially if you're self-employed, right? It might not always feel that way, especially if you have a slower month or you have just cyclical times in your business where revenue comes in but I want you to really take a second and reflect on those questions. You know, is money easy? Is money hard? I often hear from my clients that they think money is really hard and that they saw certain things, especially in their childhood around money. I know for me personally, I saw, especially when my dad was self-employed, I saw him working so many hours. Literally, he would come home from work he would eat dinner really quickly and be at his drafting table looking at plans, right? Looking at schematics, I guess they're called. I don't even know what they are, but just like drawings of, you know, where certain, he's a plumber. So where certain things were supposed to go and that sort of thing. And he would do that until 10, 11 o'clock at night. Like we often would go to bed and he would still be up doing that. So I just always had this feeling that money meant hard work. Like there's nothing wrong with hard work, but that definitely was something I saw growing up. So when you think back to your own childhood, I mean, what did you hear about money? Did you hear, we can't afford that? Did you hear money doesn't grow on trees? Did you hear your parents arguing about money? And then, you know, I think that more is caught than taught. So there's financial professional who says that often. I can't remember if it was Susie Orman or Rachel Cruz. So sorry, guys, I cannot (laughs) give you credit, but I do believe that that is true more, especially when we're kids, like we absorb things through osmosis more than we're actually taught. And so what did you see? What did you hear? 
Did you see your parents use credit cards? Did you see them use cash? I think depending on how old you are when you're listening to this, you know, I'm in my 41st year. I'm currently 40 though. I have a few more months until I turn 41 and I definitely saw cash. That's, that's what we saw. I saw checks. I know we don't usually use checks anymore, but that's really what I saw. But I definitely saw cash, I would say nine times out of 10. And I think that that is a a big difference and a big disconnect between our kids today. They're not seeing cash anymore. They're not having that direct correlation to physical money anymore. It's all plastic and tap. And it's not that, that, that you're overspending. It's just that potentially you're not overspending. It's just that our kids aren't necessarily seeing that exchange of money anymore. So I think that's really important to note that how we grew up around money isn't necessarily the same things that our kids are seeing, even if we're not saying money doesn't grow on trees and we can't afford that and all that stuff. As a household, you know, did you openly talk about money? As an adult, do you openly talk about money? Can you talk, can you share with your friends about your successes and your challenges? You know, I like to joke that as women, especially if we have kids, We can talk easily, more easily around our experience with childbirth and our vaginas and all of that than we can around money. We don't talk about how much money, how much money we make. We don't talk about the debt that we're in or the wealth that we're building because we fear that we are bragging or we fear that we'll be embarrassed in some way. We just, it's still really taboo to talk about money. And especially if you have made any money mistakes in the past. So if you, you know, have you reflect on that? Have you made any money mistakes in the past? I know I definitely have shared that I got burned with a car loan like years ago. It was a balloon loan. I didn't understand what I was getting myself into. And that really was a pivotal moment for me to really understand that I have to read the fine print. I have to understand what I'm getting into before getting into it. And so I really think that having this reflection and really understanding your core beliefs around money is really going to help you. How do you feel when you spend money? Do you feel good? Does it feel, do you feel any guilt, any shame? And especially when I'm working with women, I find that we do feel a lot of shame and guilt around spending money on ourselves, but we have no problem spending money on our family, on our kids. You know, it, that that's easy. You know, $5,000 for hockey, no problem. $5,000 on me, oh my gosh, I wouldn't even dream of it. And so I just think that that's so interesting to kind of reflect around spending money, especially on yourself. If you are somebody that carries debt, how does that make you feel? You know, Really, and you don't have to answer this to me, but I want you to really reflect on it. How do you feel about that debt? Do you feel shame? Do you feel guilt? Do you feel embarrassment? Are you okay with it? Right? Are you like, yeah, let's use debt as a tool, right? Um, when your kids ask you to buy them something, what's your initial gut reaction, right? I mean, there's there's so many different ways that we can look at this, but like, what are your core beliefs? I, you know, I often think that this is a really interesting exercise and 
one that I want to share with you today. And I will warn you, it's a little bit more woo than I'm used to getting on this podcast, but I think it's going to be really impactful and something that has been on my heart for a little bit to share because I've heard this. I didn't create this. I've heard it many times before, but it's only been in the last few years where it's really, I don't know, it's really like sunk in for me. I guess that's what I would say. So what I would say for that is, you know, how do you, if you were to think about money as like energy, right? So if money was energy, how, and money with a lies, let's say money was a person. Okay. How would you talk to money? right? What's your core beliefs around money? All those questions that I just asked, right? Is it hard? Is it, you know, how how does this make you feel? Can't afford it. All these kind of negative approaches to money. Imagine that money was a living person and there's, you know, lived in your town and you were thinking about money. Okay. So this friend's name is money. So we believe that money is not an easy person to be around, that it's hard to be friends with money. And that's kind of the vibe that we're putting out there, right? So every time I think about my friend money, I just feel stress. Like I feel stress. I feel shame. I feel guilt. I mean, every time money comes over to visit me, she only stays for like a hot second and then she leaves. Like, why does she even bother to come at all if she's not going to stick around? Every time money's here, I'm just reminded that I'm not good enough to be your friend. She just makes me feel so bad about myself. I don't even think she likes me, to be honest. Every time she comes over, she just leaves without saying goodbye. Like, how dare she? You know, she just leaves. She just vanishes. Poof, gone. I just don't really feel safe, especially if we go out together. She's just going to disappear. She's just going to leave me high and dry. So. That's like an extreme example, but imagine for a second that money was a person and that's how you were talking about money behind her back and to her face. Do you think money is going to want to come by? Do you think money is going to be like, yeah, I want to go to her house or is money going to go to the house that's saying things like, yes, like I'm so thankful for you know, a warm tea. And I just, you know, I, we don't have a lot right now. We're going through some things, but my goodness, I'm just so thankful for the hot water and just our health and just this beautiful life that we've created and manifested. Where do you think money is going to be attracted? Where do you think your vibration is going to be? Right. And again, I, I'm, I fully admit that this is more woo than I, than I normally get on this podcast, but this is something that I've really been leaning into because If it's possible, like just for like a a second here, if the possibility that money is alive and money actually is energy, which I believe that it is, I mean, I need to get into a state where I want money to be attracted to me. I believe that if you fundamentally think that money is hard, that it's never enough, that it makes you feel stressed or it makes you feel bad then it's going to be really, really, really difficult for you to attract it and keep it in your life. And especially if you use that like living example. And again, the reason for that is because our beliefs are impacting our thoughts. Our thoughts are are driving our emotional response and our emotions is what is causing us to act. And so 
if we're going to take inspired action through our emotions, let's make sure that we're taking the actions that we actually want to be be taking. So, I mean, what can you do, right? What can you do, especially if you are in a state where you're like, my finances are all over the place. I actually don't feel happy. I do feel a lot of stress. You know, that's great, Heidi, that you're saying, you know, speak to it nicely and, you know, it'll come into your life. But what if you're actually just barely scraping by, if not overdue on bills, you know, you've got debt collectors calling you, like, what do you do? Right. And I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say, you know, practice gratitude and appreciation, but I do really think that, you know, starting to change our beliefs around money will actually put us in a different perspective. There was something that I recently learned from I think she's like a mindset coach. I don't actually know. I've just been introduced to her. Her name's Melanie Lair. And she was talking about this very recently. And it just really resonated with me. Again, I think I am yearning for this type of information because I've been so stuck in my left brain, you know, the the logical side. And I'm bringing more of the the right brain, like the not magic, but the, you know, just the woo side, because I think you do need both. And so what she said, which I think is relevant to this conversation is if you're constantly wondering where the thing is that you want, you know, you aren't really realizing what's in front of you and what you already have. Right. And so I think we can all agree that we, at some point in our lives, wanted a certain level of income, number of clients, if we're a business owner, a new house, new car. And then once we achieved it, you know, we wanted something else, more of it, a higher income, you know, more clients, a better home, a better car and stuff like that. And that's not necessarily bad. It's who we are. We're human beings. We're having a human experience. And one of the things that she said that really, really hit home for me is if I'm going to want what I don't have, right. If I'm going to manifest it or yearn for it or desire it until I have it, because once I have it, then I'm just going to want something else then I need to get really good at loving the space in between the wanting of the thing and the receiving of the thing. Because if I don't learn how to do that, then I'm always just going to be in this constant state of wanting something else. This was extremely powerful for me when I heard this. And I think it's so true because the moment we have what we want, you know, we no longer want it and we want something else, right? There's a probably a small place in us where like a small margin of time where we're actually celebrating, we're enjoying what we're doing, but it's human nature to kind of want more. So I'll leave you with this. You know, I think that we need to get really good at loving our current state, regardless of where we are, flaws and all. Feeling into that gratitude, feeling into what we already have and appreciation for that. But, you know, while we're waiting for all the goodness to come, And the questions that I'll leave you with is how can I, if, especially if you're in debt, how can I love the debt that that I'm in? I mean, what things did that debt provide you? How can I love my current situation that I'm in? There's gotta be some beauty in it somewhere. And I think practicing this abundance and gratitude will really help shape your beliefs and begin to start to reprogram how you feel around money and feel safe and supported. 
you know, my practice is really centered around this, how to organize money, how to keep it, how to spend it with ease, figuring out, you know, that money can be supportive to you and really aligning your spending with how you want to feel. And so that it feels good, because I believe if it feels good, you're going to attract more of it into your life. If you'll feel supported by it, you begin to relax a little bit, you attract more into it, more into your life. So if you're curious at all about the work that I do, I really encourage you to go to the show notes, book in a call with me. It's a free 15-minute call. And we can start to explore this a little bit. I'm kind of a master at finding money leaks. So on average, I find between $500 and $1,000 per month of just inefficient cash flow. It's just money, poof, that we are not holding on to very well. And I'd love to be able to provide that for you. So make sure that you're booking in that free call, free 15-minute call with me. And I hope this episode provided you with a little bit of a different idea about money and the energetics behind it. So hope you all have an awesome day and we'll talk soon. Bye everyone. 